0: At the end of uh, Matthew's gospel, we have Jesus' words that um, folks call the, the Great Commission, where he met his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, just suppose, just imagine that we could uh, borrow the TARDIS for a wee while and go back in time, and just suppose that we could meet Jesus as he was on the way to that mountain in Galilee to meet with his disciples. And we would meet with him, and we ask him, Jesus, you're, you're wanting to change the world. You're wanting to transform lives. You're wanting to bring in the kingdom of God. You're wanting to be the savior of the world. You're wanting your love and your message to reach right across the world. How's that going to happen? How are you going to do it? Well, what do you imagine Jesus would say? We talk about some great fundraising that needs to be done talk about how we could maybe get some strategic followers in in places of influence, in different communities across the world, some kind of massive publicity campaign. No, actually, I, I think Jesus would say exactly what he said to the disciples in verses 18 to 20 that we've just read. For that was his plan for a worldwide church. That was his plan for his message to go into all the world. Disciples making other disciples. And that was the pattern his church followed. And so, in 2 Timothy 2, in the passage that John has read from us, at verse 2, Paul says to Timothy, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Timothy, teaching reliable folks who then teach others. Disciples making disciples. And hey-ho, it worked. Within a few hundred years, the best estimates are that there were between five and nine million Christians in the known world. This had grown hugely. Why was that? Was it because it was easier to make converts in those days well, hardly. They had no big funds behind them. They had no help from the state. The kids weren't being taught the Lord's Prayer in school. Um, they had no great um, <coughs> help from uh, the state. There was lots of other different faiths and, and religions around, and, and the Christian values were very much out of step with the society's values of its time. They, they really didn't have much going for them. And then on top of that, there was a small matter of some Christians being chucked to lions, and and then other persecutions. So, with so much against it, and so very little for it, how did the Jesus movement from such unpromising beginnings take root and grow? Clearly, it was God's work. And it was done by disciples, making disciples, making disciples. Jesus had no plan B. When he went up that mountain in Galilee and spoke to his disciples and said, this is what's going to happen, that was it. There was no alternative. And there were two stages for for each of us. Firstly, that we should become disciples, and secondly, to be making disciples. The firstly, becoming disciples or making disciples is not the same thing as making dinner or making the bed. It's not something that you do or prepare that's out there apart from you. Discipleship is a relationship. It is a following Jesus, being with Him, becoming like Him. And we have to do that for ourselves. We have to give ourselves to that, to find out about Jesus, to, to find fellowship with Him, to live His ways. And in verses four to six of the reading that John read, the apostle uses three different illustrations of a soldier and an athlete and a farmer. And notice each of them are pictures of active service. Each of them is a picture of involvement. Each of them is a picture of commitment and discipline and focus. Christianity is not drifting along. It's about following King Jesus which requires all the strength that his generous grace can give. Hence, verse 1 of our passage. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, you have not to get this stuff for yourself. You have to find faithful people who will teach others, and you'll teach them, they will teach others. You are to do this work as if you were like an athlete or a soldier or a farmer, giving yourself to it, but you do it all in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. So, the first step is that we must ourselves be disciples. Doing that? If someone was learning to play the oboe, and you spoke, were speaking to them, and you said, you're learning to play the oboe, and they said, yes, and, and you then said, well, how are you, what, how are you learning? And they said, um, I'm not very sure you would wonder if they really were learning. You would probably expect them to tell you about lessons that they were taking. You might um, expect them to tell you about how they're listening to other oboe players to pick things up. You might expect them to tell you about practicing hour on hour at home. You might expect them to tell you about playing with groups of other musicians. that, That is, they would be able to tell you if they really were learning. And we should be able to just as particularly, just as specifically point, this is how I'm becoming a disciple. This is how my discipleship is growing. This is the learning. This is the sharing. This is the activities. This is the practice. This is the things I'm I'm putting into play. That's what discipleship means. So, think about it in terms of someone learning an instrument. Put the parallel in place. What are you doing? What are you learning to grow discipleship? And then the second part is that we are to be making disciples. One of the features of being a disciple is to disciple others, verse 2. And the early church grew that way, not just through the actions of missionary heroes like Paul and Peter, but through the witness of its ordinary people. The church got established, first of all, we know in Jerusalem. But then persecution came, and we're told that after the martyring of Stephen in Acts chapter 7, at the beginning of Acts chapter 8, because of persecution, the church is scattered. And verse 4 of the chapter says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Not that they all had official pulpits, not that they all stood up in front of meetings, but they shared Jesus. The whole church was involved in the mission of Jesus, not just some people. And the mission of Jesus is that his people should go out and make disciples, building communities of Jesus' followers among the nations. That's what he'd said to his disciples in Matthew 20, 28. And that's, 2 Timothy 2, what the church was doing. And hey, that's too often what the church subsequently Has stopped doing. Being disciples, making disciples, is not something that COVID 19 has taken from us. COVID 19 has removed, at least meantime, much of the trappings of institutional church. And it's removed some of what is of great support and help in our meeting together but it's not taken away the work of Jesus. It has not removed all the opportunities for disciple-making. Truth is, we can still be engaged in that work. In fact, what COVID-19 is pushing us in the direction of is realizing that faithfulness to Jesus is not seen in our depending on the church institution, not just our turning up but rather taking his call to follow him into the ordinary and everyday lives and depend on ourselves and our brothers and sisters in Christ and the ones and twos with which we can meet together. Our mission is not because we need members or about the organization. It flows out of who God is. And we're going to look in the uh, coming three Sundays about how our God is a God who's very much about mission, about reaching out. We're going to see that in God the Father, in God the Son, and in God the Holy Spirit. Thereafter we're going to have a series on, which will be tying in with focus groups on mission-shaped living. We follow a God who's committed to mission, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We follow a God whose Son, Jesus our Saviour, has commissioned His church to go and mission to go and make disciples. would love it if more of us thought about taking part in the focus groups as we begin to think, how do, do we do that? For it's a serious call. This is the main stuff, the main business of the church. The main issue for the church is not, when can we get back into the building— The issue is, how can we grow as disciples, and how can we be involved in discipling others? Jesus, notice, said nothing about building, said nothing about the organizations, said nothing about the institution. He said he wanted disciples making disciples. That was why recently we did that series on Gospel Basics, Come and See. Here is the stuff of the faith, and we'll be sending out copies of, of Come and See soon to folks and saying look at them, and even better, look at them with somebody else. From that, too, flows a a new series or a reworked one that we've done about membership, looking at Claremont Family Life, and we'll be highlighting opportunities to look at that in coming months. We're going to look, too, at some other material that others are using. For example, Word 121, which is to help us read the Bible with a non-Christian friend or family member. Why would I do that? Because that's disciples making disciples. That's what Jesus has commanded his church to be and to be doing. That is how the church established and grew, Second 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And COVID-19 does not prevent that from going on. So here is a God-given challenge. Not that we see ourselves as friendly or welcoming to whoever comes along, because people can't be coming along and turning up as they were before. It's a gospel challenge to say, how do we invite others to follow Jesus? And that doesn't have to start with the huge asks, the big asks. Miriam last week and saying how maybe you could invite a child or grandchild to watch Patch Praise with you. Sit down with them and enjoy it together, teach together, learn together. I know that some have been inviting folks to join with them in the communion services. But we can do it on other Sundays too. Maybe folks who are not so used to going to church, why don't you come and sit with me and see what you think? See if the service says anything to you. On Tuesday night, and when we restart taking it further, I want to tease some of these things out a bit more. Not because the church is in dire straits, not because the church needs to do something, but because the clear command of Jesus and the only plan Jesus had and has for his church to establish and grow is through making disciples. Let us pray. In many respects, it seems crazy to us, Lord God, that you had a way of winning the world that didn't involve big organization, that didn't involve big plans, that didn't involve big budgets, but simply disciple, making other disciples. Forgive us for the times when we've lost focus, when we've seen church to be about other things. Forgive us when we've made things, other things, more important than your straightforward and clear command to us. And help us to look out and listen for your direction and your leading that we might grasp more of the opportunities to be a people who are disciples making other disciples. In Jesus' name, amen.